Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. My guest today is Wade Lightheart. It's the second time I've had the pleasure of hosting him on the podcast. And as always, this is a great, great conversation. Wade is the president of Bioptimizers. He is a three-time Canadian national bodybuilding champion, and he is one of the premier authorities on natural nutrition and training methods. Wade, with his business partner, Matt Gallant has written a couple of amazing books that actually you can get your hands on through their website. And of course, they manufacture some of the most amazing products, whether it's to support digestion or protein powders, which is a cornerstone of Wade's training regimen, both the digestive supplements and the protein powders. They're incredible magnesium breakthrough and so many other great products. But, you know, we talk about so much more in this episode. So, I think you'll enjoy it. In any event, if you decide to go shopping after listening to the episode, then you'll want to go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash bionat and use discount code bionat10. And before we dive into the episode, we'll just have a very quick word from one of our sponsors and then you're all in. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, quick word from our sponsor, Berkeley Life Professional. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me talk about nitric oxide, a vital molecule made naturally in the body, responsible for vasodilation and circulation. But as we produce less of it as we age, resulting in diminished blood flow, I, along with many of my listeners, have been supporting our nitric oxide levels with an easy daily dietary nitrate supplement called Berkeley Life. But did you know that nitric oxide also has topical impacts? Berkeley Life's new topical nitric oxide serum combines vitamin C and nitrite to create nitric oxide gas directly on the skin. I get a beautiful blush for about five or 10 minutes as the serum goes to work on my skin's microvasculature without any kind of burning or tingling sensation. I'm now using the serum daily alongside my Berkeley Life supplement. As the biggest organ in my body, I know my skin is thanking me for the improved delivery of oxygen and nutrients being delivered through my circulatory system, thanks to nitric oxide. Berkeley Life is available only through health practitioners. So you can access Berkeley Life products at berkeleylife.com and use my practitioner code NIDDBL to place your order and get 10% off that first order. Once again, berkeleylife.com. And now let's get back to the episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome back to the show, Wade Lightheart. How are you today? I'm fired up. Yes. That's what I'm fired up. We've got a lot of great things happening by Optimizers. I'm super pumped. I'm excited. Getting ready for a great uh, back half of the year, despite all the negative news out there. Yeah. Well, I think, you know what? We just got to keep our head up and keep the wheels turning, not get sucked into the whatever, and just keep moving forward. Yeah. The, the, the vortex of fear. Yeah. Fear <laughs> and negativity, right? You just got to... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like last year, right? I just, I, I remember last year I'd be getting on a plane every month and people around me would be looking at me going, what are you doing? 
I'm like, mm-hmm. I got places to go. I got things to do. And they're like, but, but I'm like, they, uh, I don't know. You know what? I just got to keep going. And, and guess what? Here we are this year. It's the summertime. The world is still standing in as much as it is. And we're going to keep moving forward and doing amazing things. Exactly. Living the dream, LTD. That's exactly right. Exactly right. We're going to keep doing amazing things and spreading the magic until everybody gets with the freaking program. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the amazing stuff. I mean, you guys have put out some of the most amazing products over the last few months. But before we talk about any of them, I just... I kind of want to bring, I just, I want to introduce the audience to you and to the team and the reason and where does all this innovation come from? Like why, what's driving the ship at Bioptimizers that has you like putting out like amazing product after amazing product. And it goes from, you know, magnesium breakthrough people sometimes i'll talk to people they're like oh yeah i tried that a couple of years ago whatever and i'm like well do you know that they're on their fourth iteration of this formula like these guys don't sit still and it's not like you're saying oh we're going to make it better and we're going to keep the old one it's like you just keep improving on the things that you're doing so i just want and like i said to you before i want to pull the curtain back a little bit and give people some insight into what what it is that's going on back there that is driving all this amazing innovation uh, two things. Um, Matt and I's commitment to the mission. So when we started this company, we wanted to make, we wanted to help people end physical suffering and activate what we call biological optimization and bring the price of that so that it's available to everyone. Now, that's a big long-term life mission because yeah. obviously a lot of the uh, technology that we employ and deploy and develop is still on the high end side as far as relatives, people with disposable income, people that can make those decisions and we support them. And eventually that will move forward. Just like, you know, cars are really expensive on time. Phones are really expensive. It will come down over time and we're seeing that. So that's, and Matt and I, when we started the company way back then, we were both personal trainers, exercise physiologists, nutritionists. We fell in love with transforming people's lives. Mm -hmm. When I'm and I had a great life, actually. My, but like, I had the who's who in Vancouver. I was on a great personal training business. Matt was doing it. Um, and then we decided that we, we had made a lot of breakthroughs with our clients one-on-one and we're doing things relative un, uniquely in kind of opposing strategies. Like he's a ketogenic guy. I'm a plant-based guy. We're actually dietary agnostic, I like to say. Yes. Um, best way to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, th- I can get into why that is later on. But we started the company because we thought we could help more and more people. And we started out in our wheelhouse, I would say, in the high-performance athletic world, bodybuilding, things like that. And then I was running a holistic health clinic in Vancouver. And um, it turned out that a lot of the solutions that we were implementing with high-performance people had applications to the general public struggling with various conditions. And then after about, I don't know, 10 years, I think, of, you know, doing all that stuff, we coached over 15,000 people worldwide. We garnered a lot of clinical, real-world application. Yeah. There's a big difference between a double-blind study and then what actually is effective dealing with people and their lifestyles and capacity to implement their genetic variances, whatever challenges. And uh, we rebranded our company. Um, I applied it on the playing field 
we rebranded our company um, to Bioptimizers. It was previously called Massimes Inc., which was our very first yeah. foundational product. Uh, still in uh, production today, although it's on its fourth generation. There it is. Yeah. And <laughs> on, on the desk, yeah. <laughs> and we were kind of like biohacking before it was around. Like we didn't call it biohacking. We were trying to overcome the evolutionary um, limiters that occur around high performance athletics or what people have lifestyle wise. And that required continuous innovation and mm -hmm. testing and experimentation. Well, then we identified, Hey, well, what's the one thing that we do really well? We will, we fix digestion and digestive issues for people who don't know 13% of the emergency hospital visits today are gastrointestinal illnesses. A hundred million people on any given day in America are suffering from uh, some sort of dietary distress. And it's likely one of the contributing factors to the big killers, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, all dietary related and how yep. you manage food and how you, you know, there's a whole system of how it's not just, I eat the food and it goes in, it goes through this mm -hmm. transport process. And then of course you got medical error coming in at either third or fourth, depending on what periodicals. And that's usually because of the medication you're taking that had some sort of contraindication to something else that you were doing. So it all comes back to that. Um, and then as we became more and more successful online and people started finding out about us, and then, you know, again, we, we sacrificed margin for mission. Matt and I didn't play ourselves for a, well over a decade. Nice. We just rolled the money back into the company because it was something that we were passionate about. And then as we got traction and we started to make more money, we started to be able to bring in more experts. And now we're one of the few supplement companies that has an entire research facility. We have a partnership with the Birch International University in Croatia. We have uh, 15 PhDs and master students. We've got uh, molecular docking agents. We've got a PhD in AI and as, as applied to uh, genetics. Yeah. And so that we're on a mission because our head researcher, Monia, said something very clear to us uh, not that long ago when working with her. She says, we're, we're 10 to 20 years away from the post-antibiotic era. And that means antibiotics have saved millions of people's of lives over the last 80 years or so. But they're becoming less and less effective because of resistant strains of bacteria. Yeah. And our, our flagship product was a mutated strain of L-Plantarum called L-Plantarum OM that got a patent. It put, we put it through a – our doctor that worked with us on that, Dr. O'Brien, put it through a mutated process and that new strain had unique capabilities – and, and then we led in our research facility with that and started bringing different types of probiotic compounds, putting them under different conditions, subjecting them to environments to find out are, how they do on gram negative, how do they do on gram positive, what kind of foods do they do, can we mutate it in a way that it becomes more aggressive or doubles quicker or is uh, more effective in delivering. And mm -hmm. you, know, you have smart people that can do that. And then we just come up with crazy ideas like, hey, can we do this and can we do that? So I think it's a combination of really good science and kind of the willingness to experiment and throw money yeah. behind those experiments. And, and kudos to Matt on that. Matt's a maniac when it comes to testing. I mean, he's done 20,000 marketing split tests. 
I don't know how many nutritional, like our protein breakthrough took 147 iterations to get the final version that we did. Wow. Wow. Uh, we've got a sleep formula coming out. Took, I don't know how many formulations we were on for that one to create the sleep system and, you know, all these products. We, it, the driver is, is can we make the most effective product in a class that solves a real problem? Mm-hmm. And if we can't do it, we don't deal a product in it. We just don't. It's not worth it. We're not going to be a me too product. Yeah. We just yeah. won't do it. And so oh, that's, that's, that. that's the genesis of how we do it. And so now it's just a quite, what's accelerated in the last couple of years. We've been doubling year on year for the last five straight years in growth, which is pretty ferocious. And that's allowed us to deploy more cognitive power and more skill set people sure. that, that are attracted to the mission. They want to dedicate that. They might've been locked in boxes in university systems, political systems, companies that are working on different missions or models. And so we've now had people coming to the company because they heard it's a great place to work and they want to lend their talents to the mission to help humanity. And so it's, it's kind of an inversion of where we were when we started almost 20 years ago. So that's been the kind of the genesis. And then the other final piece, I think what makes us unique is one of the policies that I implemented early on is uh, outrageously good customer service. Mm-hmm. And the success of the company means that you're providing uh, something of value to people that they say, hey, this is something I use. It's something I would recommend to a friend Yeah, you know, because it solves a problem. But invariably, you could take any product and it might not be right for you. And the thing is, is we always wanted to offset because we always felt that it's important for people to continue to experiment with their own health and try new things. And so we wanted to de-risk it. So we implemented a 365-day money-back guarantee. So if anybody tries any one of our products ever... And for whatever reason, it didn't work for them. They didn't like it. What they have, something went wrong with that process. Great. We just give you your money back so that they can put that money, that their hard-earned money, back to use to a company, a product, a service within the industry. And they don't have that bad taste in their mouth because there's nothing more expensive than a product that doesn't work. Yeah. And there's nothing that will destroy your reputation if something doesn't work out. And we're proud to say that I think we have, I've, I know almost everybody in the industry. I think we have the lowest refund and return rate of anybody I've ever seen. In fact, we're six Sigma on every category in customer service. So science, mission, service. Um, those are the SMS. Yeah, I some of that, right? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, you feel that when I see a company willing to put their money where their mouth is to say, look, and to recognize, to recognize that as a good as a solution as anybody can come up with ever, it will never be universally. I mean, maybe one day somebody will come up with something, but to this right now, there is nothing that is universally successful for every single person out there because there is there are so many different factors that affect how any one thing is going to affect a person. And the willingness to say to someone, look, we recognize that. And if you're that person, then we're taking that risk off the table. That is that's huge. Not to mention the fact that it shows that you are pretty darn confident about your products, which is yeah. 
which is which is big, right? But let me ask you a question. Why did you pick Croatia? Well, serendipity, actually. Um, it's, it's odd. Uh, and just to go back, to, I want to finish that thought beforehand. Yeah. So anytime that in, in our new book that's coming out of this, we also identified it a little bit in Sick to Superhuman, which is out already. There's a bell curve of distribution in the response to anything. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, I always say that top 2.5% become all the testimonials on the page and the other 25 become all the haters on your page, right? <laughs> and I've always said that any complaint and any um, accolade has elements of truth in it. And yeah. so we, we train our te- people to kind of sort through that. And in evolutionary systems, I'm a big fan of um, Eric and Heather Weinstein, who run uh, evolutionary uh, biology commentary. I think they've got the, uh, what is it? The, um, uh, it's the guide to, well, I forget the name of their book, but uh, the hunter gatherers guide to the 21st century or something like that. Oh yeah. Their book. They're very interesting and they're really legit scientists. Uh, and it's a husband and wife team. And, I've learned a lot listening to them and their podcast and they get the best of the best. They're like just top shelf intellectuals who are on hardcore scientists. But one of the things that struck me when you're talking about the distribution of curve and I was, I always start running models in my head and I was like, well, if you didn't have a bell curve of distribution in response to everything, then all life would cease on this planet because Mm -hmm. Conditions throughout the epochs of time, if you look at, you know, one time there was like thousand foot lava waves going around the planet, like oceans and stuff. So if you think in terms of, you know, billions of years, the evolutionary shift that's happened on that planet just to support life has been significant and the variance extreme. Mm-hmm. And so there's a positive aspect to that distribution of bell curve and that variance because it ensures the survivability of any species and its evolutionary response. And Charles Darwin even said it wasn't the survival of the fittest, it's the survival of the most adaptable. And humans yes. have been the most adaptable species on the planet to date. Yeah. Because of that adaptability, we've been able to survive in a multitude of conditions that other species can't. Mm-hmm. And so you also have to put that tooth and that drives also the company company. Number one, all of single cell organisms evolve into multi-cell organisms, and that's where our nervous system, but they always need an external source of energy. So they need to forage for food. That drive, I believe, through biological systems is what leads to innovation. Mm-hmm. Now, what separated humans from all other species, because we're weaker, we don't have claws, we don't have fangs, we don't run as fast. Like, like if you look from a physiological yeah, we suck. <laughs> we, we really, we're really lame. Yeah. But that weakness actually cultivated the need in order to work in groups, which mm-hmm. led to the development of sophisticated communication levels. That communication levels increase the distributed IQ amongst groups as well as positions of observation. Well, that completely transformed the human condition. That comes out in marketing. is your ability to communicate your message in a unique way to a, a broader set of people. And by doing that, so those two biological drives we tried to build into the company 
by continually running experiments to try new things to see if we can continue that evolutionary stuff and by continually testing uh, our distribution of, of, of how our products work and how we communicate with people in order to get that out. So I think those are, if you can stay in alignment with evolutionary processes, I think it works out in the long term. And that's a kind of a biological uh, organic view of things. Because I see myself as a single cell in the human body throughout all of time. Mm-hmm. So there's thousands of generations behind, which are cells in the human body as a collective. I'm one of those cells. Not sure if I'm a liver cell, a toenail cell, fungal. I don't know what I am, but then I'm, I'm, I'm a cell and You're I do the best yeah. I can. And I'm part of this human body. And my goal is, is I want to operate as well as I can with whatever skill set I have and that's been distributed to me by divinity or nature or biology or whatever. And then hopefully replicate what I've learned to the broader group and avoid that which uh, causes problems and support that which increases. And that's echoed through every aspect of our whole company. Yeah. Adaptability. So basically, and that expl- and that really is the driver. And that explains why, you know, time never stands still with your stuff. You're on your fourth iteration of mass signs. You're on your fourth iteration of magnesium breakthrough. Like you could have easily just sat back after your first one and said, Hey, we nailed it, man. It's organic. They're all bioavailable forms. It's multiple forms. We love it. It's got all this diversity in it. We, we nailed it. And yet you didn't, you know, you're on number four and there's a reasonable chance there'll be a number five and a number six. Yeah. We, we've got some industry crushing news. Coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. So, it's it's going to be a game changer. We're, we're, we're going to completely turn the industry upside down with what's happened. And I love uh, it. I love months. it. So why Croatia? And then I want to dig into, oh, yeah, right. the, yeah. and then I want to dig into some of the stuff that you've got, because this is all very cool philosophical stuff, but yeah, Matt was, uh, people so, are going to be like, so how are you going to help me? <laughs> Matt was, um, on a business trip, uh, in Croatia and was at, over to the university, um, with our tech manager, uh, and, uh, brilliant fellow. And when he was at the university, so they were touring him around and he saw this giant cell on the wall and it had the most in-depth description of every function. Like it had a, it was a picture of a cell and everything that's going on, all the organelles and mitochondria. Send me a picture of it. And he said, he just stood at this for a while. It's like, what are you guys doing here? Like, this is insane. Like, I've never seen this. And, you know, he's 40, in his mid 40s. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. And they said, well, we, we do a lot of research here. Um, why don't I introduce you to the head of our, our, our microbiome area? So uh, he got introduced to the head over there and started looking around and poking around at the lab and doing stuff. And we had done a lot of our testing prior to in various third parties, but in the United States, particularly, it's very expensive time consumer. Yeah. There's research grants. It's, it's a whole political thing. It's really, really tough. And here was a country that had been war-torn at one point. And mm-hmm. people had gotten past all that stuff. And they're just like, hey, man, we just want to do our research, be science. And but they were very underfunded. And so we, we, we tested a few products we wanted to see if we could improve on. And their information came back very positive. And as we pushed them and said, well, could we do more? And they're like, well, if you want to get into periodical reviews with some of these breakthroughs and stuff, we're going to need um, some key machinery that our university doesn't, doesn't have the money to do. And we said, well, what if we put the money out for that machinery? Would you be able to do the research for us? And we'll pay the researchers. Yeah. 
And uh, next thing you know, uh, he's on the line with the head of the university and we created an arrangement. And first we did it with some small equipment. The results came back very positive. We were able to improve some of our products. And then we went all in and um, got some really high tech uh, technological stuff that will allow the research team to really make a name in the world of uh, peer-reviewed research. And it. because of that, we are going to be able to do that next year, which is, I'm so pumped. I never thought that I would have these smarter people working for us, which is great. And working with us, essentially, I'm just amazed by the research that comes out. And um, that's what we've been doing for the last little while, just running all kinds of crazy tests. And, and it, it's 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 it makes science fun again. Yeah, it's well, makes it you fun. You can ask again. questions, right? And you can. Yeah. Ask, it's all about asking questions. And yeah, I remember speaking to Matt in. in I mean, we saw each other in Austin in April, and of course, you talk to Matt, and as soon as you ask a question about research or anything, he lights up. Yeah. Like a Christmas tree, he's yeah. hilarious. He's like he's so yes, I'm going to talk to you because you asked me a question about research. Yeah, and he's introverted, but Matt's very <laughs> but introvert. I'm extrovert. He is, but introvert. the minute you ask him a yeah. question like that, he like opens right up, right? It's it's really fun. And and it's so, it's very engaging. So anyway, so and one of the things we were talking about was the reason why you had removed a form of magnesium from magnesium breakthrough. And it was because of the research that you were doing that showed that this one form of magnesium, and I think it was magnesium, is it L-theanine? Or three, it's, hmm? three and eight. That's it. Magnesium l eight. that it needs to be on its own and away from the other magnesiums in order to do the job that it needs to do to get through the blood brain barrier, to get all that stuff. And I was like, come on, like nobody talks about that. Well, because nobody knows it. Yeah. I know. And, um, yeah. And so that's the thing. When you start diving into the way a lot of things, and it's kind of like the old story about the, the lady that cut the corner of the turkey off or whatever to fit in the pan. Yeah. You hear that story? No. So there's a Thanksgiving dinner story. And this is it's kind of a point. It's a segue. But <laughs> so this young girl was learning from her mother how to cook the Thanksgiving dinner. It was her first Thanksgiving dinner. And, and so her mother cut the turkey down and put it in the stove. And, and um, so that's what she did. So she followed it. And then she finally said, well, why do we cut off the end of the turkey, right? She goes, I don't know. She goes, my mother used to always do it. So she, so she went to the grandmother. So, well, why did you do it? She goes, well, we didn't have a, we had a stove that wouldn't fit the whole turkey. And so we had to cut the piece off and cook it in separate parts. <laughs> No, this has been going on for 80 years. Yeah. So it's shocking to find out how many things are just done because everybody else has done it that way. And, and a lot of contract manufacturing facilities will have people that have just learned something 40, 50 years ago, or this mm -hmm. is what it's done. Um, and like with for magnesium, for example, why had no one done a, a breakthrough like we did with all the different types of, well, there was nozzle issues, there was flow regulator issues, there was capsule issues, and nobody said that we can do this. All the guys said that we didn't, and we worked on it until we could. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then why put different types of magnesium in it? Well, it turns out that different parts of your body uptake different types of magnesium, and they, they, they do interact. And then, you know, sucrosomial came out, and we're like, well, 
what happens if we add that in? And then we can test this. See, the difference is, is we're not just putting a mishmash of maybes in a bottle. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. We now have a team where we put it in and we run the results and see what happens. Yeah. And bingo, um, you find out, you find out all kinds of strange, but bizarre things like things that will accelerate its uptake, things that will block it, combinations that work really well, combinations that should never be together. And it's not necessarily native to what you might think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, it's fun. So what's the sucrosomial? Let's talk about that because people will see yeah. that on the label and they're like, well, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Yeah. So sucrosomial is a, is a, is kind of a, a unique lipid uh, sugar molecule combine combination in order to uh, bond. So anytime you see like uh, magnesium, what the heck a late. <laughs> okay, I'll call it Whatever a late. Yeah. 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 Right. It's related to the bond that the magnesium is in and that has a like a molecular weight and a size and it will dock in some places and not in others correct that's a simple version yeah sucrosomial was a unique way that these researchers found to deliver more magnesium into the cells and across the brain barrier very much like threonine so it turned out that well we could get a delivery into the body as, at the same level as a threonate that we could do a sucrosomial with less sucrosomial and with the ability to bind to put it with the other magnesiums without disrupting the whole formulation. Oh, uh, so it plays well with the other kids as well. Correct. <laughs> and uh, so, so, it, and when we ran the test, it, it improved the results. And then we have a testing team as well. So we can become one of the testers in our bio tribe. Mm-hmm. And we ship out preliminary products. Not only do we test it in the lab, but we test it in the real world. Yeah, exactly. Get pre, pre-order. They, they get in, hey, we got a new product coming out. You get some delivered to you at a special price. You test it and then you f- give us the feedback of what's working in the world. So we get a, a bell curve distribution on response as well as what we found in the lab. So we got both. Yeah, which is critical, right? Because labs are great, but labs are labs and real life is a whole different kettle of fish. I will tell you that that magnesium formula has changed the lives of more than a couple of my clients. Uh, One of them them being my dad, who (laughs) magnesium solved a problem for him that he'd been battling with for a year. And he sent me a note and he's never done this before. He goes, you can fix anybody. You, that, that, that solution is just, and he was just talking about mag breakthrough. (laughs) I I love hearing that. We read our testimonials every Monday. Every Monday. Yeah. What a way to start the week. We have a team meeting and every Monday, Monday, my customer service team gathers the testimonials that came in and we read them out to the team so that all the people in our team around the world are connected to the fact that whatever department they're in, they're making a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. They're moving and I love people. that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. It's my most favorite thing. That's why we started the company. That's why we do this. And I love to connect with humanity. And, and here, you know, I love, you know, the little old lady that had an issue and she she's now feeling better. I just love that stuff. I never get sick of it. Well, but that's why you do what you do, right? So for anybody listening who's dying, who's like, well, what was Nat's, dad's problem? I mean, I'm sorry, dad, I am going to tell people like he was dealing with a problem that is extremely common. And all of a sudden, he just wasn't going to the bathroom as regularly as he was used to. And it was he tr- the poor man tried everything. 
And and I had asked him, like, well, have you tried magnesium? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, most people, you ask them if they tried magnesium, they popped a pill once in a while. It didn't do anything. And they give up, right? Yeah. But what really moved the needle for him was doing the magnesium loading protocol. Yes. And allowing him to find that dose that was going to finally move the needle for him. He went a little past it, came back a little bit, came back a little more, hit his, like, Sweet spot. Happy place. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's a shockingly simple solution. And yet nobody really does it. Nobody does that loading program and then backing down. But, but what I, what I think is also amazing is that, you know, because you've got all these different kinds of magnesium in there, you're then you're flipping a few more switches along the way that people don't necessarily realize, you know? So maybe he was sleeping a little bit better or his aches and pains started to back down a little bit. And so it just, it's like this kind of, and because you're doing this loading program, you're just kind of allowing, it's almost like allowing the, the, the silos to refill through the body kind of thing. Well, we call it, um, I have a video uh, we give away a course on our site called the Awesome Health Course. It's, it's 84 videos. Uh, yeah. course. And it's the whole Ridiculous. principle of the awesome formula that I built out. Like, what are all the lifestyle principles that you need to for, forget supplementing? How about air, water, exercise, yeah. sun? And so um, I'm a bit of a dork sometimes. And well, maybe some people would say all the time, but anyways, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that lie. It's part of your charm. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I had. Uh, got into D- Dr. David Hawkins' work uh, extensively, Power Versus Force, and that whole series, which I think is just a wealth of knowledge. And I would go see David every year, um, multiple times a year to go to his lectures. And he referred to his work in orthomolecular psychiatry, mm-hmm. molecular nutrition. And he worked with Dr. Abram Hoffer, who's a legend in Canada, as well as two-time Nobel Prize winner, Dr. Linus Pauling. Now, most people are who are in the nutritional field heard of Dr. Linus Pauling's vitamin C loading phase. And yep. you would take vitamin C in divided dosages throughout the day until you got the runs. You broke the GI barrier mm-hmm. and then you titrate back. Well, it turned out they were doing this with all kinds of different supplements, but people, he became famous for vitamin C. And then he was attacked later on in his career viciously by the medical associations. And so this guy was a super genius. And, you know, they were treating, you know, advanced states of mental illness with nutrition and stuff. And the mm-hmm. just turned the whole world upside down. And I got those books in the 1970s. I don't know how they figured out. I got these old copies of these books and started reading them. Like, these guys are brilliant. I don't know how they figured that out. computers and uh long story short i was like well geez well why don't i start applying this um in regards to spectra cell testing so Mm -hmm. spectra cell testing you 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 get it so you can see what's coming up in person's blood cells how much they're absorbing and you can overlay that with a genetics test let's say and you know they go well you don't methylate this or you don't uptake this right or you got these predispositions and so oh now you know that you could take a thousand milligrams of whatever for a variety of different things. And based on that person's genetics, yeah, it's going to determine how it, well, then you got their digestive system. We don't know how much of that food they're absorbing. So the standardized FDA format approved dosaging that you have to put on the label to meet label requirements is total garbage when it comes to transforming people's health. Now yeah. I'm from the bodybuilding world and 
It's an old adage in the bodybuilding world. If you're not getting the results you want, just up the dosage, up more training, more drugs, yeah. more supplements, more food, whatever, whatever. just more, more, right? More. <laughs> and, and they took it till it became detrimental to their people's health. I took a different path once I recognized that in 1998. But the fundamental aspect, you can apply it to nutrition. And then you look at, oh, well, if I started doing this and we do the spectra cell labs of people, and they said, well, you're low in, in, in case for my case, magnesium. I was really low in magnesium. I was taking magnesium, but I wasn't getting enough. My body didn't absorb magnesium that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started loading and got to the point where I got the runs. And we, we loaded, I loaded originally on single types of magnesium. So I wanted to find a tolerance dose on each level, which was varied significantly, like citrate, almost a hardly any and you were getting the runs yeah and then you would take something like uh bisglycinate or malate and you could take quite a bit of it yeah yeah so where's and it so, going yeah exactly and, and then when we put them in combination people could take a higher dosage overall uh, and get a better effect so it was like oh okay great so we fit, we worked out all that out kind of organically and then we would see improvements in the results both in the laboratory settings but also just I'm a big person on somatic response and how I feel. I, mm-hmm. I, I grew up that way, tracking my biofeedback as an athlete. So was I tired? Was I hungry? Did I, you know, did I have energy? Where was my brain? Like all those things were things that are innate. And when you go into bodybuilding per se, you, you, you get to an extremely refined level of, of, of awareness when you're in extended calorie deficit and high performance training for extended periods of time with low body fat levels become hyper aware. I'm in that state right now. Just get ready for a show next week. First time in 15 years. I was thinking you're looking pretty lean, actually. I don't know if people are yeah. watching this, like you're yeah. Yeah. chiseled. And I'm not, yeah. I'm the guys, he's got a t-shirt on. I'm just looking yeah. at his face like you're. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dialed in. So I can't believe it. I'm 50. and I. Uh, but my physique looks like it's in its 20s. I'm like, I was, we were doing some shots. And I'm like, I'm not saying that to brag. I was like, no, no I mean, I'm shocked. It's, I was kind of shocked and yeah. it, was, it was the application of all these principles. And I thought, you know what? I need to go into a public situation mm-hmm. so that I can actually demonstrate what we're blabbing about in the book. I love research. I love labs. I love all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I want to be a walking billboard for what I'm advocating. And there's a lot of people out there that talk a great game. Yeah. And get really nuanced. But hey, when the shirt comes off, does it look like it's working? Mm-hmm. I, you know. Yeah. No. And I want to say again, like I mean, for people who don't know, you're a plant-based guy. That's like right. you know, so you are flying in the face of all the that the opposite team. Which now, I mean, sadly, we now are in a world where you're on team carnivore or team vegan, which is ridiculous because That's there's, totally. I mean, there's value in both, right? And it just depends. It depends on the person. It depends on so many things but anyway you are you it's it's to me it's easy on carnivore but if you can make that vegan if you can do it on plant then you're you've you've dialed in a lot of detail well that was part of the mission i don't i'm like i said i'm dietary agnostic i don't advocate i'm some vigilante vegan trying to convert the world or anything but i thought i work really well within constraints i think uh if you have intelligently designed constraints you can find out things that you wouldn't find out otherwise. Mm-hmm. And Matt, my business partner, is a ketogenic guy. Yeah. So like we we couldn't be, and I've done periods of completely raw food veganism, and he's done completely carnivore. So 
We, uh, but we, we've existed on the farthest ends of the spectrum that you can. And from that, we've integrated things. Like, for example, I, I didn't, it's before I did genetic testing, I just knew I couldn't do well on a ketogenic diet because if I up my fat to a certain point, I'd see fat in my stool. I'm not, I'm not breaking this down. Yeah. Well, it turns out genetically, when I got my genetics done, guess what? I don't metabolize fat very well. Mm-hmm. So that led to Capex, for example, because Matt and I argued about that for about a decade. <laughs> and and <laughs> no big deal. And to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> there's there's four different types of lipases that break down different types of fats, just like different protease breaks down proteins at different pH levels. The same thing with fats. Oh, oh, and guess what? I got thinking about it. There's a long history of what? gallbladder dysfunction on my mother's side in of your family. family interesting oh, uh-huh. Look at that. Interesting. so then does capex allow someone and actually that's an interesting point so i mean i don't do well with saturated fat mm-hmm. i just don't like genetically to your point in my body it will drive up inflammation right. but so for someone like you or who doesn't who doesn't break down fat properly, like your path, your genetic pathways just aren't friendly to it. Does yeah. Capex allow you to eat more fat yeah. or and do you use it in that way? Yeah. yeah. So two things. Um, first, I he, he, he created this and then I'm like, all right, well, let's test it. So I knew how many grams of fat a day that I'd start running a problem. Right. So I'm like, well, let's push past that, it not only doubled my fat capabilities, it tripled my fat capabilities. Interesting. 3X. 3X what I could handle before. So forget the science. Send it to the team. They'll figure out whatever. I don't know where I am on that bell curve. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm N of one. Yeah, And that's an important end because I'm the one that controls the result. And my result is how long I get to live or how well I get to live. But that fat distribution, inc- was we were able to triple it. And I was like, well, I can't, like, I, I can't deny the efficacy of this. Now, what I use it for specifically right now is I use it early in the morning because I find it's really good for um, – energy metabolism. So I train in the morning and I take uh, five capex in the morning. Or if I have a, a high fat meal, if I know that I'm going to have a high fat meal, right now, I'm not having any high fat. No, meal. I can't imagine you are at this minute. No. But if I did, uh, then I would take a few, a couple of capex with my uh, product. Now, Matt, of course, he had uh, blood sugar issues, carbohydrate metabolism issues that led to uh, so did his wife and his wife's family. So that's what led to blood sugar breakthrough. Now I'm eating tremendous amounts of carbohydrates. And when you do my homo IR tests, I look like I'm on a ketogenic diet. That's nuts. My, my, my blood sugar is so low and so stable. They're like you on ketogenic diet. I'm like, no, I eat carbs every meal, but I do have a high in, in, uh, intake of fiber and I metabolize carbohydrates well. Like nobody's business. So yeah. explain to me how Capex helps you with energy in the morning. Like you take it on an empty stomach or you're taking yes. it with a high fat meal? No, no, I take it on an empty stomach. So here's something that is anecdotal, but it's something we have observed across the board. And that is, I believe that uh, if you go back to, well, back the truck up because I want to give the etymology of where the, this yeah. idea came from. So 
I started studying Dr. Edward Howe, who wrote Enzyme Nutrition and Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity. Mm-hmm. And Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity, he was able to start recognizing that animals who were fed uh, uh, no enzymes versus animals who were had enzymes in their food versus enzyme, animals that had uh, extra enzymes given to them, the ones that had the uh, extra enzymes lived longer, procreated better, all that stuff. The enzymatically deficient by third generation, lost the ability to procreate, had weird genetic conditions and strange sociological behavior, not native to their species. Well, I'm like, well, that kind of looks like, you know, social media right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three generations from uh, massive uh, spread of uh, herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, and the, which disrupt the microbiome and enzymatic processes, both in plants and organisms and disrupt their own stuff. And so when I was dealing with people, um, when we did the tolerance tests for enzymes, we never found a tolerance test. Mm-hmm. So I took a thousand enzymes in a day and nothing, none showed up in my stool. We did stool samples and I'm like, what's going on? Then we started to recognize that people that had a lot of people that had skin conditions, mm-hmm. when I would dose them up with lipase, their skin conditions would go away. And I had people that had problems with uh, inflammatory uh, conditions related to undigested proteins or low mood and things like that with cognitive neurotransmitter issues. Well, when we dose them up with high dosage of protease, that would go away. When I would give people high levels of amylase that were diabetic, their blood sugar became more stable and they used less insulin. When I gave uh, cellulase-based enzymes and people that couldn't digest food or had heavy metal toxicity and couldn't handle uh, various fibers, all of a sudden, they could have a salad now. They were fine. And uh, they were able to detox from detoxification pathways for heavy metals and, and things like that. And I was like, oh, so maybe the theory was that if you have enzymes extraneous into your body during the digestive process, they are reabsorbed by the body and probably converted into families of enzymes under efficiencies, like proteolytic type, amylase yeah. type. There's 25,000 different enzymatic families, but the body's incredibly efficient in its uh, mechanism. So it, it only stands to reason that, well, it would leverage that in a different conditions. And, and then the third piece to that was I was trying to figure out the mechanisms that were allowing people to do get healthier on fasting protocols. And I determined that it was freeing up the metabolic cost of enzymatic production. And so I started taking high dosages of enzymes, masszymes in particular, to accelerate the healing process and as well as to mitigate the energetic production process, especially in the early days of fasting when you're making the switch over to ketones in your body. And which is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And I tested different types of enzymes. So I'm answering two questions at the same time. Mm-hmm. Capex made the transition to burning fats much faster, which I equated the lipase in that was accelerating my ability to scavenge and convert stored fats into metabolic fats and protease. Uh, that what's also in capex, but it's in mass times. The proteases yeah. also 
when we would track uh, muscle mass loss over time, you would lose less muscle mass. And one of the mechanisms I believe that it is, is that I believe that protein, when you need enzymes, your body will break down smooth and striated muscle tissue to convert to enzymes to accelerate the healing process. And if you have adequate amount of proteolytic enzymes, you don't lose as much muscle mass and you're able to produce uh, faster results because you have the workers, so to speak, to do whatever biological process. It seems that your body would go systematically as to what needs the most um, uh, importance, what, what needs recovery most. And, and, and then now I have, like, I, I have a doctor here in uh, Beverly Hills who does surgery. He does all sorts of cosmetic surgery. with some very demanding clients. And he gives all of them mass signs. Scar tissue. He's actors and actresses and he's like all these sort of things. They, they, they go in for surgery. He loads them up with mass signs because he gets way faster recovery. Yeah. Well, it goes with scar tissue, right? Like proteolytic Correct. enzymes will, will chew away at scar tissue. Correct. And so he noticed massive improvements in how quickly his patients recovered by using it. He's a biohacker guy. And we had him in the studio not that long ago to interview because I was curious about what he had found. Nice. Hey folks, our sponsor today is going to get up close and personal. Did you know that the most common type of magnesium that is most commonly used is actually used as a laxative? So that means that if you're taking it, you're literally pooping and peeing it out. This means that if you're one of the 80% of Americans who are magnesium deficient, you could actually be making your deficiency worse by taking magnesium. How ironic is that? The worst part about magnesium deficiency is how it affects almost every aspect of your health. Your metabolism suffers, you can't lose weight, your blood pressure goes up, and the worst part is that your sleep suffers the most. So what's the solution? It's called Magnesium Breakthrough, and it's my favorite magnesium product, as you know, that I continue to highly recommend. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually absorb. And this month, they're including free bottles of their full line of digestive health products on select orders while supplies last. That means that you're getting free products to try that will support your digestive system. And having an optimized digestive system means less energy trying to digest foods and absorbing more nutrients from the foods that you do eat. This special offer is only available at magbreakthrough.com forward slash Bionat. Visit magbreakthrough.com forward slash Bionat and enter code Bionat10 for 10% off any order. So he's giving the, the mass zymes on an empty stomach, clearly, because mm-hmm. that way they go. I mean, that's what I, was, I have always learned is you take it with food, it'll help to break down your food. You take it away from food, it'll go after the damaged proteins and whatever yeah. else your body needs to get rid of. So why not, what do you say to people who say, well, I mean, if I keep taking enzymes, then my body's not going to make enzymes. And I'm just going into a downward spiral. What do you say to those people? Well, I, that's like, here's the thing. Our definition of what food is, is inaccurate. So we define food as essentially, and I've been working on a proper definition of food my whole career in nutrition. I haven't worked it out yet Mm -hmm. Um, because I I think the low resolution description of food is a real problem because it creates cognitive biases and opens up a set of questions that lead you to predetermined answers that may not actually be the truth because it's oxum's razor. You're asking the wrong question. Enzyme, if you look at uh, a carnivore. Yeah. Okay. Short stomach, a b- short, shorter bowel, 
incisors that are ripping the flesh, tearing the flesh. Well, you watch a tiger take down a zebra. It kills it. It licks up the blood and the juice. It goes into the where the entrails are, rips open the guts, eats the entrails or the enzymes and probiotics are. The enzymes. Yeah. Then eats the carcass. Now, okay, what about an omnivore? Well, bears is a great example. They eat both berries and salmon, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it's a natural, live, enzymatically rich, probiotic-rich state because the, the bacteria cultures that are native to that plant are on and with the bacteria that you consume with it. If you go to herbivores, you take uh, you sprinkle a little blood on the ground where a horse and a cow is going to eat, it will not touch that food, but it will go find the sprouts, which is the most enzymatically rich or, or stuff where it has the native bacteria to it. That's an interesting thing. So all species in nature are eating enzymes in bacteria as innate parts of whatever they're consuming. Yet humans, we've come up with this great idea to uh, preserve, store, cook, pasteurize food. Now, that's given all kinds and there's lots of research and maybe that increased our brains and all that sort of stuff. And it certainly made life more convenient and easily mm-hmm. to distribute and store and, and protect us from food shortages and all of the benefits that's provide. But I do believe there's liabilities. And well, what do we have indicated? 13% of the gastrointestinal illness. Hippocrates a couple thousand years ago said all disease begins in the gut. Yes. So once again, parasites are the biggest killer of humans there's ever been. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, yeah, what we eat does make a difference. What's going on in it? And I so all that to say that enzymes are inherently part of our diet. They're not independent just because we've come up with these labels of protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Because now we look at proteins. They're all different types of proteins. There's all different types of fats. They're all different types of carbohydrates. There's different types of fibers. So if you really get into nutrition, you realize that what you're consuming, and then you get into the phytonutrients, and then you get into the mineral content. And then, so food, as it's defined from a person asking that question, is really more about the band that they're looking at as yeah. opposed to what food actually is, and yet what they want their food to actually do. Mm-hmm. And that's going to vary from individual, age, genetics, goals. Uh, lifestyle, compliance, quality of the food, quality of the digestive system, uh, you know, epigenetics, genomic response, digestive response. Like yeah. All of these things are going into this extremely complex formulation that needs to inspire. Long story short is I haven't seen anybody yet that hasn't felt better when they take enzymes and probiotics on a regular basis. Well, and I think what you're saying, which makes so much sense, is we've separated it. We've separated the food. Right from the enzymes and from the probiotics being the natural bacteria that we should be consuming with our food. Like we've sterilized our food to a point. And we, so let's look at food in yield. It's a big topic right now with the whole nitrogen issue worldwide. Yeah. So we added nitrogen to the soil. It increases yield fertilizer, right? There's different types of fertilizer. In the old days, they used to do crop rotation, mix manure, and sometimes you'd mix stones. My mom still does this. Yeah. Regularly in her garden. Yeah. Of our house, but we moved away from that in monoculturing. So now all of a sudden we've increased the yield of say wheat yield in Canada by uh, twofold since what they were producing in the 1930s. 
Okay, but in order to do that, we had to have herbicides, pesticides, fungicides. We had to have fertilizer. We stripped away the probiotics. We depleted the enzyme content. Oh, that also depleted the mineral content in the soil. We have almost no magnesium in our soil in North America. And so we have an array of food, but now we have these key mineral deficiencies based on where we're at. So that influences what that food is. Yes, that's wheat. Yes, that's a tomato. Yes, that's a cucumber. But- all I to illustrate my point in a simple format, because I always like to bring it down to the, the, the listener, right? Go to a store, buy yourself a conventional tomato, a conventional strawberry, a conventional apple. Then go and buy an organic one. Mm-hmm. Then go to a local uh, farmer's market and yeah. buy an organic one. And then go to a Mennonite farm. And buy the same products. Now take all of those products, let's say an apple, uh, a berry, maybe an earth food, whatever, like three different range, fruit, fiber, tuber, whatever. And then eat all of them. Taste it. There's going to be a massive variance to how they taste, how they feel, the energetic, whether you like it, like how they look. Everything is going to be different, but they're classed as, you know, strawberries. Same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're talking about biodynamic farming at the same time, right? Which I'm at the point where I'm like organic in the supermarket and biodynamic are two very different things. Huge. When you're like, when you're talking about that Mennonite farmer who's actually feeding the soil, who might be planting marigolds around his crop so that the bugs go for the marigolds instead of going for the crop so he doesn't have to spray as heavily. Like, it's a completely different equation. And we get to this world of over overfed and undernourished people. That's right. Right. And I think and I do think that part of that overfeeding is being driven by deficiencies deep in our system where our body is just trying to get what it needs and it just can't get it. And it just keeps these drivers, these hunger drivers going to try and and get it. Eric Schwasher wrote a book. uh, I think it's called The Fast Food Nation that was in the 1970s when the development of the big chemical plants out in the New Jersey turnpike came. And at that time, food manufacturers were recognizing the cost of customer acquisition was increasing exponentially. So they thought, well, we could make more money if we can get our consumers to eat more of our products. So they started replicating tasting agents, flavor agents, and mimicking agents that would our bodies would think is this element or this vitamin, but it isn't. And so a deficiency would cause you to overconsume that. And there's oftentimes with, um, you know, what you'll find in a produce store today or a, a grocery store today is not food at any point in history for millions of years. So mm-hmm. 90% of what's sold in a grocery store isn't actually known as tradition. It's been invented in the last 50, 60 years. Yeah. Many of these agents are designed to accelerate our, 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 our feasting genes because yep. that was a survival mechanism yep. th- that would allow you to live longer. And so when you have a satiety, like if you eat so many blueberries at a certain point, you hit what's called the satiety point mm-hmm. and you can't eat any more blueberries. You don't want any more blueberries. Coca-Cola, and I'm probably getting in trouble for saying that, was the first commercially available product that had a satiety level of zero. Yeah. So there's no satiety. There's no off switch. Yeah. There's no off switch that's inherent in food that we would find in nature. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. Drank my share of Coca-Cola's in the world. I'm just letting you know that, hey, I got no opinion about 
whether that's something you want to do or not want to do. I'm just laying it out to you is that there are consequences to every choice that you make. And many of the choices you make, you don't know why you made them Mm -hmm. or you don't know all of the consequences of that choice or the people who even promoted it don't even know what the consequences. And that's most often the case. Like I think a lot of people don't really recognize how far gone we are in the food thing. Sure. Well, and I mean, it speaks, it, it taps into the issue of hyper palatable foods, right? Correct. Foods and, and, and frankly, who was it? Lay's came right out and said it. I'll bet you can't eat just one. They're right. You give me a bag of Lay's. Oh my God. I, I have this running joke with my friends, right? I, if, it's, if chips come out, <laughs> chips come out and I'm like, if you hand me the chip bowl, the chip bag, the whatever, I don't care if it's like, the football team size. <laughs> You're eating it. I will eat the entire bag in a completely un- like I just I can eat bags of chips nonstop. There's and and, and and it turns out I have a gene that doesn't that doesn't register f- food food yes. quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, well, there's also there's the gene uh, the cookie jar gene. Do you know that one? No, I can't remember the code for it, but the cook and I have the cookie jar gene, the cookie jar gene. If you're homo zygose on the cookie jar gene, it means that when you eat sugar, it literally flips a switch in your brain and you cannot stop. Like if I have a bag of gummy bears and, and I mean, it's funny because I can apply um, moderation to a million different things. But you put a bag of gummy bears or and I know that if I start eating something, one of those sweet things that just like flips the switch, I will not rest until every gummy bear is gone. Like, it doesn't matter how many, it's like you and the chips. (laughs) But but, but you like me, will you go back to the store and buy more? (laughs) No, so I've gotten myself to the point now where no, I won't, but I do know. (laughs) I have feasting days. So I have these feasting. So I go on these restrictive diets and then every couple, well, I go, I went last year, I went a whole year without one. Um, And then, every month and then every two weeks and then every week. And then I cut them out recently just for the show. And then I'll go back on a weekly basis where I have a calorie spike day. Yeah. Yeah. To reset. It's great for the metabolism. It's great for that stuff. But I go over here to air one, (laughs) just down the street. And for anybody who hasn't been to air one, like, you mean, it's a beautiful place to blow money (laughs) on great food. That place is it. And I go in there and on, on the day before food calorie day, like I'm going and I'm loading up on all the junk. I'm loading up like, and it's like, it's like junk couture. I was going right? to say it's, it's, it's special junk. It, this isn't Lay's potato chips. These are No, the- no, no. It's, 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 yeah, it's super <laughs> elaborate, you know, like refined, luxurious, snobbery junk. Yeah. And I go over there and I, like, I'm almost, almost is the keyword, almost embarrassed with what I purchase and I'm loading up these bags and I'm like, you know what? Somebody is going to see me on Instagram and take a picture (laughs) of me and go, look, I knew he was doing (laughs) so hopefully they will one day. But, and I just go absolutely hog well, but I always overbuy. I never can eat through what I want to eat and I can eat a lot on a given day, but I'm like, it's always disappointing. I'm like, how close did I get to that? And you know, it's like, it's all good. It's all good. Well, I a think little, that's a little, little behind the curtain story behind yeah. the kind of mania behind bioptimizers. Well, those reset days are important, right? But okay, so let's 
Let me see. Okay. I, there's a lot more things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the protein powder. I want yeah. to talk about your protein because yep. I'm, I'm promising myself I need to get my hands on some. I need to try it because I've never really met a plant protein I liked. And I have a suspicion that yours might be the one to break the, to break the barrier. But, but I've heard so many great things about this protein and protein is one of those things, like everybody argues what's too much, what's not enough. In my experience with a lot of the clients I work with, people are not getting enough protein. And even if they are, it goes back to our discussion earlier about the enzymes. They're not breaking it down. They're not assimilating it. It's not getting to where it needs to get. So you get people you know, who, and you know, like in the world of peptides, you get people who are using a peptide to help them with satiety issues and their hair starts to fall out because all of a sudden they're not eating enough protein. Their gastric motility has gone down. They're not producing enough enzymes. They're, they're basically not digesting their food properly. So even what they are eating is not going to where it needs to go. And did I mention they're not eating enough protein? So we need to move into the world of, okay, how do we help people to get those building blocks that are what makes enzymes, what makes hormones, what makes bone, what makes muscle, what makes skin? Go. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking at the poster child of uh, having to figure this out, going back to the constraints issue. So I'm probably and i'm not saying this as a as a bragging point but i would say that i'm one of the more qualified people in the world to answer this question from a uh, an experiential in that i think i might be the only person to compete at both the natural olympia and the mr universe contest without drugs and on a plant-based diet yeah okay well that's impressive okay. yeah so if you look at the bodybuilding community which is probably the community that most influence protein consumption in high performance settings. So the beauty of high performance athletics is that it pushes the limits and you start finding where things break down, just like formula one cars, yep. steering systems and braking systems and fuel systems and all that stuff gets translated into your daily car. You don't want to drive down the road at 200 miles an hour. Well, some people do, but well, you do, but you know, yeah. you lose it's, their it's license. Problem. There's challenges with that. <laughs> There's consequences, yeah. um, but the technology that comes from Formula One can apply to your car. Well, the same thing for high performance athleticism right. happened. And so way back in the day when I decided that I was going to be a plant-based bodybuilder without drugs, everyone said, you're insane. So I knew I was onto something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I have a gene that, that, that it's the, you know, I, 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 it doesn't bother me when people think I'm crazy or, or challenge me or criticize me. I think that's important. I'm lucky that way. Maybe they're right. So I was trying to determine uh, how I could deliver as many amino acids to my muscle tissue because it's not protein that you need because going back to our model the assumption is if i eat 100 grams or 200 grams or 300 grams of protein that all that gets in my muscle no but not even a, close digestive process enzymes hydrochloric acid and, and various probiotics that determine how that well goes as well as the intestinal lining what that looks like and then what are the stimuluses inside the body in our unique individuals so, so people have a varying degree of protein synthesis in the body. That's why steroids work, for example. Steroids increase protein synthesis. That's why they give right. steroids to athletes. That's why they give them to cancer patients or people recovering from major injuries or traumas or burns because you can increase the anabolic effects, the protein uh, yeah. formation 
through the use of anabolics. Well, I wasn't using those and I wasn't eating any animal protein. I wasn't eating any, all these things. I was eating a plant-based diet. It's like, dude, you can't get your protein. Where are you getting your protein? I can't, if I had a buck for everybody that said, where do you get your protein from? I'd be so rich. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I started working on this model. Now, when I started, I was eating, uh, when I first was competing at the world championship level, I was eating about 250 grams of protein to, a, a day at a contest weight of 80 kilos. That's 176 pounds. Yeah. Contest condition. So that means you're walking around rates at 205, 210. Uh, yeah. To get into contest, you're, you're pretty. Yeah, because you're going you're gonna to tear down right before the competition, right? Yeah. 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 That's usually anywhere between on the low side, 12 weeks to six months. And that's going to continue to increase the further out of shape you are, as well as the older that you get. So I got ready for this show. I dieted literally, I'm on month 15 now, so that I would systematically lower my body fat level without disrupting my metabolism too much, without yeah. pushing myself. Because I can get in shape in 12 weeks, but I'm going to rebound out of that. I wanted to drop my weight down and then stay here for the release of our book next year and our book tour and all that stuff. So I'm like, I, I took a long-term reproach so that I could get there. And But... When I originally started, I was like, well, how do I do this? And I started at 250 grams. And four years later, I went to the world championships eating 85 grams, essentially, mostly of hemp protein. Now, hemp protein is an amazing protein. Mm -hmm. The problem is it smells like a barn and tastes like <laughs> dirt. Yes. It's very gritty. It's very fun. And, and it doesn't feel nice. Yeah. Super good for you, though. Yeah. And... Uh, so I ate that and I was like, we got to come up with a better way. And I was able to maintain my muscle mass, do that sort of stuff. I was able to perform in that. So that was, that was great. And that, but I was using lots of mass signs. I was using my P3OM proteolytic probiotic, using how to like all those things that we're using. So I'm extracting a higher percentage out of what I'm taking in than say my competitors who are taking two, 300 grams of protein. Yeah. You so know, who, I mean, I'm leveling the playing field. Yeah. Well, you know, who's talks about this a lot are the guys that work with essential amino acids, right? Yes. How yes. is it that you can take 10 grams of essential amino acids and that's equivalent to a 30 gram serving of animal protein? Because you don't, you can eat all the animal protein you want. Your body can only take so much of those amino acids and Correct. convert them. And there's all that waste. Correct. Yeah. And so, um, so we began working on it from, from those models and then we tested them. We tested them for over four years with all kinds of people in the real world. And from a performance side, we found that as you, if you, let's say you're doing a 0.8 or 0.1 grams of protein, the bottom line on it is about for an athlete is about half gram on average, about a half gram of protein per, kilo? per pound of body is, okay. is about the lower end. If you're taking sufficient amounts of proteolytic enzymes, and right. the system is working. And so I'm at the high end of what you could pull off at 85 grams. What I noticed is if I bump that up to say a hundred grams, 110 grams, I would increase my tolerance to training load, training volume and training frequency. Interesting. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. 
so so I, I can feel it. And, and now in this state, I've been playing around with it just recently as I get ready to college and, and varying my protein rates. And of course, that changes hydration levels and visual appearance, the hardness and fullness of muscles. There's all sorts of things that you find out at the high end. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. So you can see vision, you can see your body, what it's doing on a day-to-day basis. That's amazing. So it's yeah. kind of my own lab test. So, so all that to say, um, when we came to coming up with a plant protein, one of the common elements that's used in plant-based proteins is rice bran. And if you're going to use rice bran, you should use fermented rice bran. And that has been already pre-digested because when you put large amounts of rice protein in things, I find that it begins to cake up just like it does in the cup Mm. in your guts. And then what happens is a lot of the companies out there, they have to put stabilizers and emulsifiers in order to create it so it doesn't coagulate too much. Yeah. So I began using a combination just on my own of hemp seed, pumpkin seed, and pea protein. Too much pea protein had the same problem. Too much pumpkin protein, it, it, it would disrupt my stool. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much uh, hemp it's very strong and you get that hempy flavor so i was like oh how do i constantly combine those and then okay well now we got to make it taste like something <laughs> so then we we're doing the different types of sweeteners the different types of cacaos the different types of berries how do we get natural agents how do you find uh ways to get around using stabilizers or emulsifiers or preservative agents or flavoring agents and so uh, 147 experiments later, we came up with Protein Breakthrough, and that's how we created that product, which is pea, pumpkin, and hemp, uh, a really beautiful array of uh, cacao and cocoa flavors to get a, that, that when you have like a really good chocolate and you get all those flavor notes. I was going to say, you guys do chocolate like nobody's business, yeah, well, you know, like even like in the Collagenius, like the chocolate well, is amazing, but I wanted to say, so, we're, so we're do you have... Do you have enzymes also in in the protein breakthrough? No. Or you're no. or you're allowing people to basically just use yeah. those, yeah. bring those in as needed on the side. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And you know, you you mentioned something a minute ago that I think is important to highlight because I don't think a lot of people realize this. And that is that your your use of flow agents and your use of stabilizers and emulsifiers and flavors it's not a thing. (laughs) It's not. And I think that, and people miss that because it's gotten to the point where I think people are just so used to, you're going to ingest stabilizers and flow agents and this and that. And, and I think that it gets missed a lot that none of your, all of your supplements are so clean. That's right. Yeah. And it costs more. Yeah, you've got stuff flying around in the air in the factory. It's a lot harder to make. It's a lot harder to do. It's a lot harder to get done. But when you get done, when you solve all those problems, Mm -hmm. come up with a product that people can... And what usually happens, I I would say the etymology of our customers or the evolution of our customers, our customers are people who are kind of like us, they kind of want the best for themselves and they keep looking, they keep looking, they go around the trade shows, they go to the different things, they listen to the different advocates out there and then they, they'll they test one of our products and they go, oh, I've had A, B, C, D, E, whatever, whatever. Many and I've had this one and I, I can feel that this is what I wanted. 
And, and I get that when I go to trade shows, I just hear that over and over and over again. Wow. I finally found you guys after 10 years of trying to find X product or whatever. And so that's, that's, that makes us feel good. Um, it's brought, it's, it's slowed for, especially the early part of our career in the business. It slowed our growth because we didn't have the margins to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it, and it's much longer in product development. It's not me too, white label products, things like that. And, but you get a product that stands the test of time, you know, like Masszymes, it's still one of the best selling enzymes in the world. We've been producing that for 18 years. Yeah. Well, and you need to think about enzyme Masszymes. I used to, um, I used to use Wub Enzyme, the yeah. urban product, the proteolytic yeah. enzymes. Yeah. Yeah, it, used to t- it used to tear my gut to shreds though. Mm-hmm. I would try to take it in between meals on an empty stomach. And within three days I'm doubled over. I can take Masszymes for days. Interesting. And I'm fine. Like, it's really interesting. What was the the mechanism that you think was throwing you off? I don't know. It was like, I just didn't tolerate them. I don't know if they were too harsh. You know, I don't know enough about what what they were doing with the product because I kept reading about how amazing this product was. And, And we know, I mean, to some degree, we fast so that we can get our body to do that work for us, right? But in the absence of fasting... We have proteolytic enzymes that can, I always envisioned them as little Pac-Men, like kind of looking That's around. That's exactly what they do. Going around looking for stuff that doesn't belong, right? But and so, but to me, I never understood why Wobenzyme, it's almost like it turned on my gut. I don't know if they were too strong for me, but there's something about the formula of masszymes that I just don't have that problem with. Well, thank you. Well, no, I don't know. It's a cultured plant-based enzyme. So when you look at enzymes, there's plant-based, there's animal-based and then there's cultured and systemic. And systemic enzymes you, you can't take as a digestive stuff, although some digestive enzymes become syst- systemic. Right. Right? right. right. So it's really odd. Yeah. Um, and we use uh, cultured-based enzymes, which will wor- work in a pH range of between 2 and 12, where an animal-based enzyme will be a very low pH range. Mm-hmm. And they can be anywhere as to 100 to 1,000 times more effective, depending on when you look yeah. at like how, how effective they are. And We'll have some, like I said, some industry crushing research coming out uh, in the new year that we're filing some patents on some of the breakthroughs that has happened. Really excited. And it's proved that we've been able to prove a lot of the things that we shared anecdotally that's come back from our clients. We've been able to prove Nice. So that's nice. I love it. All right. So I'm not supposed to ask who your favorite child is, but who's your favorite child? (laughs) What's your favorite? (laughs) My favorite. Favorite product. Ooh. <laughs> it's a bit of a mean question because you have so like they're all amazing i'd have to say it would be masszymes and the reason why that is is because that was the comp that was when matt and i decided we were going to start the enzyme company like we 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 got we had a relationship with uh, a person and that got disrupted. Uh, the factory we got denied. And I remember us sitting in his apartment way back in the early stages of our company. I'm like, we're not going to be denied. We are going to make this product. And that's where we started finding the right people in the white coats, as I like to say. Yeah. We, we, we designed something that we thought would work. We got the right people to show what was the enzyme, you know, precursors and connection. And then 
they would come back with these formulas and I said, well, this is too expensive. Like we don't care. We're building it for ourselves. I'm like, what? Well, nobody does it like this. I'm like, so the, the ethos of the company was founded in that product mm-hmm. and it was a product that worked. It, like we got it. We felt the difference. Other people felt the difference. I mean, we got pictures of it digesting. Like we stirred up an oatmeal and it would digest the oatmeal in two minutes. And we made steak videos where we digest steaks with it. So, so it was like, you couldn't get this from other products. We were able to do things that you couldn't. So, so that led us, I think, in a pathway of thinking that gave rise to right. all of the products in the company. Um, I also would... A close second would be P3OM. Yeah, a probiotic. Matt, yeah. Matt and I have had a, a hundred, oh, it's in excess of a hundred people who have been on the floor with food poisoning and we give them a handful of P3OM and 30 minutes later, they're fine. <laughs> and so that was also a the first mutated strain, con- a consciously mutated strain of probiotics to give it new behaviors. And that's led to the development of our research team and our probiotic research with all our other probiotic products and stuff. And I think that we're going to um, make some breakthroughs in the next 10 years that could potentially transform humanity on that, on that line of thinking. So it's not, I'm not the, the genius behind it. It's just the, 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 the ethos of it yeah. and where that goes and the right people are showing up to do the, the iterations that make something special. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. No. And you know what? And it's interesting. You didn't pick the new shiny toy as the, even though I know you're super proud of the protein breakthrough. Yeah. Super excited about it. It's, it makes total sense to me, right? It's the, it's how you laid the foundation that's given rise to all of these other amazing products um, that, that, um, that you picked. So thank you for that. My pleasure. I think we could probably keep going for a really long time, but maybe what we should do is, um, is kind of wrap it up, but is there anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Or I will just invite you to share a final thought with the audience before we do. Well, I'd be, I would be, um, probably everybody in the company and all our potential clients and our clients are that if they haven't tried call a genius from our, Oh yeah. Our, our company. Uh, yeah. So we have a company in nootropics. Uh, Mark, Dr. Newts is a, uh, Mr. Newts as we call him is uh, a super genius. that's created the, the personalized cognitive enhancement system, Utopia, which is based on your brain dominance, depleted deficiencies. It's, it's great stuff. It's, it's yeah, that stuff is great. Um, it's, it's high end price for people who make money from their brain or need good yeah. cognitive performance it's unparalleled if you if you're into neurotransmitters or nootropics or whatever we've smashed the field with mark and, and utopia as a sub-brand of our company i would agree but i love the stuff we just came out with call a genius and it's basically like a pound and a half of mushrooms extracts in one serving mm-hmm. and it jacks your bdnf up to extraordinary levels like you can feel it yeah Love no, I, I love it. I love and, it. I love starting my day with Genius. <laughs> and I have never seen a product like everybody that we did in our testing group to sample it before we even released it. They're like, I need more of this. Mm-hmm. I need more. Like Dave, we, we sent a sample bottle to Dave Asprey. He, he, he wrote us back after a couple of days. I was like, can I have three months worth? <laughs> 
he gets everything, right? He gets everything and he's yeah. making a request. So that tells you something yeah. about the product. Uh, everybody loves it. And I, I'm really excited where that's going. I think cognitive decline uh, in this high EMF world is really big. I think people need BDNF to keep up with the digital pace of things. Uh, it doesn't have, it's not stimulating. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's a great entry product into cognitive enhancement. It's really good for memory. It creates a sense of kind of like I've noticed as you take it regularly, that that capability you had to learn or burrow into challenging new things like when you were maybe younger yes. seems to become re re reactivated. And I do believe it's because of the uh, up level and the BDNF from that product. It's a great product and we love it and everyone else does too. Yeah, no, I, I adore it. But tell me something. Why did you add collagen to it? Like what made you decide to add collagen to it? Because it's such well, a powerhouse with the mushrooms already, right? You could have just stopped there. You could have done the mushrooms and the, right. and the cacao, the Peruvian cacao. Like you could have done that and said, okay, we've got this amazing product. What made you add the collagen? Well, first off, I have to confess, right? So I have a secret stash of the vegan collagen <laughs> for myself. Of course I you do. don't, I have my own stash. We're hoping to release that one day. I got a secret stash for me. Um, well, here's the thing. We, we looked at the marketplace and almost everybody that's taking collagen is taking mushrooms and almost everyone taking mushrooms is taking collagen. And then when we tested them, when you take them together, they worked synergistically. I was hoping for this. Yeah. They, they, they were like, <laughs> and I'll, I'll give a caveat, by the way, I, I got to give a caveat because there's another thing that it works synergistic. If you're taking micro dosing of magic mushrooms of anyone out there. Psilocybin. Yeah. Yeah. Do not take that with collagenous because really? it also, oh yeah, it works together synchronistically or well. So you could, when you think you're going to be a little bit more focused or a little bit more creative, you're going to be off to the circus. Okay. So that's a warning, a flashing warning. Um, and it, it's mycelium is just such an amazing product. And when you stack it with uh, collagen, it seems to amplify the somatic effect and the dura duration of the, the enhanced state. Yeah. So that's why we did it. Um, my vegan version, we do a different one. I can't talk about that too much because it's not available to market and everybody's going to start screaming for it. That's on the vegan side. So yeah, no, I have, have a to friend come to the bio home and try my secret stash. Well, I have a good friend who, you know, who's sitting there <laughs> waiting, <laughs> you know who it is too. Yes, I do. <laughs> She's waiting because I told her I had mine and she was like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, well, I don't mind collagen. I'm, I'm more flexible than you are. So I get it first. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, I, I, I have to agree with you on that. The other thing with Collagenius, I do a similar thing to you is I mix it with my protein powder in the morning and it carries me for hours just hours because it kind of gives you the mental energy, the fullness, because there's the healthy fats, like all the things yep. just roll in together. It's, it's a beautiful thing. All right. So we've talked about the favorite children. Your parting thought was your entry-level nootropic, which is not really entry-level, but whatever. Collagenius. Smash the door at level. You kick yeah. the door into nootropic world. Kick it in. Yeah. And, um, and that's it. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for all that you do and the products that you bring to market. I just love love your products and um i can't stop talking about them so thanks so much i really appreciate that it means a lot to us and um we're happy to serve the world and through your work it's a great thing yeah so why don't you tell people how they can find 
Well, me and uh, no, I mean, they, they know what well, we tell them yeah. all the time, but let's just close it. Bioptimizers.com, Bioptimizers, Instagram, Bioptimizers, Facebook, all of that stuff. Um, I think if, I think if they, I think if you probably got a discount code here. Somewhere. Yeah. It's Bioptimizers.com forward slash. It changes sometimes. It's either Bionat or Bionat 10. And then you can use discount code Bionat or Bionat 10. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, that'll give you 10% off whatever's going on. And um, and like we said at the beginning of the episode, if for whatever reason something doesn't work out for you, then you haven't lost a single thing. You just know you have another piece of information on your, on yep. your data points. Yep. Thank you so much, Wade. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application, just answered a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.